Hey pals, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. The podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. Hey, guy. What's up, man? Hey, man. Dude, you know what? The other day, <clears throat> I was kind of like reminiscing about like, I don't know, some of my old, like, favorite old 90s computer games, you know, that I loved. Uh-huh. I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but, like, Dune 2, the computer game. That's, I mean, I that you played that. It was awesome, man. Well, I ended up going down this rabbit trail. There it is. That led me to a game that I have not thought of since, oh, man, at the very least since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I discovered this strange but interesting history about the game and the equally strange and definitely tragic end Mm. to the guy that created it. Mm -hmm. And it's a story that, like, I had no idea existed out there, but this is going to be an episode where it's, like, equal parts fascination about this game because it's sort of just, like, topically... A little bit right up our alley, Mm -hmm. but then also the really sad but an intense sort of just downfall, I guess, of the dude that uh, that created it. So yeah, I hope you're ready to. uh, Are you ready to uh, dive on in? I'm ready, pal. Let's get in those waters. Okay, but before we before we get in there, though, I have to explain for the benefit of our younger listeners Mm. that you know back in the '80s and '90s there was this sort of like popular game format for computer games and stuff called point and click. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you would use your mouse to kind of select an area on the screen uh, that was like in the world or environment that the game was, you know, presenting to you. You would click on it and it would either kind of move you forward or it would like let you interact with whatever it was. Now, early on in games like Maniac Mansion. Mm, yes. That's one that we've kind of oh, talked yeah. about here before. A really cool sort of game released by LucasArts. Or like, I'd say like late 80s. Oh, it was LucasArts, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Huh. And it was like a 2D sort of dot matrix point and click. You had like, I think it was like six or seven characters. You would like sort of select them and then make them do different things to kind of solve mysteries in this I, in this mansion. What's funny is I vaguely remember the actual game. But boy, do I remember that ad in the back of comics. It was everywhere. Right. It was everywhere. And, well, and, and also, which I don't know about this game really that much either, but I think it's kind of like, what, uh, what is it, Five Nights at Freddy's or something? Yeah, I think that's like a new I one. I think, right? yeah, that's kind of taken that same model of, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Although, man, I really think Maniac Mansion should like completely come back. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't, know really they, cool, like, I don't know if they can now because of the, the Freddy's thing. Because it's so so similar, I think. Yeah, these guys invented it. What are they going to do? I mean, yeah. Um, I 
like maybe you know we might not even know it might even be by the same developers who knows mm, mm. or the team this format actually still popular in the late 90s and early 2000s with games like Diablo oh dude I was obsessed man so good dude yeah. and even like in a way I guess you could say like World of Warcraft and stuff is oh. still kind of point and click you know well I, I, yeah but like World of Warcraft I don't know if it's like kind of came later like i was into the, oh, yeah, the yeah. original warcraft and then starcraft mm-hmm. and then i think the yeah. world of warcraft kind of came along right but dude diablo like that first one you'd be up like see i really got into i kind of got into it late i got into diablo 2 mm. i think is whenever i came in maybe i did play play part one i'm, I'm not sure it just but. had that weird like loot guitar music that was so like minory and like mm-hmm. it wasn't like overly dark but it was like kind of weird so it like made it even darker in a weird yeah. way you know mm-hmm. yeah that was a good game it was man but like as things kind of evolved listener um in the 90s and the explosion of like just cd-rom games mm-hmm. in general we're talking about a time when it's like pre-playstation one you know mm-hmm. and so game developers are still trying to kind of like figure out just how to take things to the next level so to speak. Mm-hmm. It, it went from like a 2D environment to now like they were using like real pictures and or footage um, mixed with like more evolved computer graphics and mm-hmm. stuff right. that would create these three-dimensional environments from a first-person viewpoint that you could interact with mm-hmm. and sort of point and click your way through these games. I mean, it actually, back then, I know it probably sounds silly to people that are used to more like, I mean, dude, the the level of graphics at this point is just ridiculous mm-hmm. but you know back then it felt like oh man you're actually in this room and you're moving around and solving mysteries yeah. it made things more like if there was any kind of mystique to the game it made it like even more kind of like scary mm-hmm. for some reason yeah yeah I, I i remember getting the which not a lot of people had this but did you ever have sega cd no my, i had a friend that did but i, I never did hey you still don't have a Sega CD? Huh? What are you waiting for, Nintendo to make one? <laughs> you have seen the games, right? Uh-uh. Wrong answer, man. Show them. <laughs> Want to see more? <laughs> Dude, it, man, it, it really could have been amazing because it, it basically took your, your Sega Genesis and then it had this huge, like, deck platform that you would sort of click into which mm-hmm. had uh like a cd-rom and so you're basically mm. playing through your that's right yeah, your yeah, sega yeah. genesis through like actual like cd games which later would become common but i remember yeah. it came with a game called sewer shark which uh what is it called it's called sewer shark and oh. it was kind of impossible it kind of sucked but it was the first time that i mean for me at least it was the first time that you really saw like actual like video footage. Oh yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You know, like real actors. And it was it was like mind blowing. Yeah, man. Um this is fairly unknown to me th- this game that we're going to talk talk about, but as soon as you started talking about it, it triggered this other memory of another game that I used to play that was also kind of a weird game, but also mm-hmm. like pretty revolutionary as far as like 3D and and feeling like you're you're sort of integrated into the environments, and that was the game Mist. Yes, dude. Uh, which, I mean, I would still say that like 
as, as weird as it was, like with like the puzzles and problem solving stuff, mm-hmm. just the graphics for the time, like I would say nothing oh, touched it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah, no, next level. It was definitely revolutionary. It's so funny too, because then we'll, and we'll see why in, in a few minutes, there's a pretty strong connection here. So Myst came out in like 95. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about this game called Drowned God yes. Conspiracy of the Ages. Mm. Now, again, I hadn't thought about this game and I don't even know how long. In fact, I owned a copy of Myst. And when I think of this time period, this early 90s sort of point-and-click game, that's actually the game I think of. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because me and my brother played that and then, constantly. And then I think the sequel was called like Riven? Maybe. I think. I feel like it, it came out like much later and that was like a big... You want to know what, big dude? Deal. I think that here's why I don't know about the sequel. I want to say that I actually didn't own a full, a full copy of Mist. I think I had like, you know how they would send out those trials? Oh, I had that one too. Yep. And we would like play it past a certain point and then we'd just get pissed because you had to like buy the full yeah. version. Oh, no, no, no. I had that for Riven, the sequel. Oh. Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. 
America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very confusing. For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. So getting back to Drowned God. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a game that one of my buddies had, and the second I saw pictures of this, again, it was like that flood of memories. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm remembering like these late nights me and my friend from high school would have like, playing this game at his house, you know, eating countless bags of onions mm. and, yeah, you know, baby. having some tapioca pudding or whatever. <laughs> well, his mom was just like always making tapioca pudding, kind of weird. But anyway, I never really knew everything about this game. I just knew that it was extremely, extremely weird. Mm-hmm. It was like very dark. And, you know, whenever you're like a young teenager... It's the same reason why, like, you get into, like, horror movies and, like, sci-fi horror Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's, like, this intriguing thing that you just can't help but dive into. And there was something about this game that made it, like, seem real. Just to kind of give you a quick sort of what is this game. So it was a Windows 95-based Mm CD-ROM game that actually came out in 1996. And it was written and created by this guy named Harry Horse, which was actually the pin his pin name. His real name was Richard Horn, mm. but he just used the, the pin name Harry Horse. He was an English author, illustrator, and political cartoonist. Oh, and by the way, the lead singer for a band called Swamp Trash. Swamp now, Trash, wow. Swamp Trash. I looked them up on Spotify. You can't find them on Spotify, but you can find their stuff on YouTube. Mm. They're like a Scottish bluegrass psychobilly band they cool? uh, that was around yeah. from like 87 to 90. Um, are they cool? So basically I mean, hugs. I mean, exactly, dude. Yeah. And and it's it's a band that my brother is going to totally be into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I mean, they, if you're interested in music nerds out there, go check out their cover of Ring of Fire. Mm. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, you can quickly tell if you're not into that kind of thing that... Uh, you know, there's no wonder that, you know, it's not on Spotify necessarily, but Ouch. he's just like an eclectic, interesting dude. Mm-hmm. When the game came out, it shot up to the top 10 video game sales in the U.S. like really, really quickly. What? Yeah. And so here's, the base, here's the basic premise, okay? Because once you hear the premise, you're going to be like, oh, gosh, man, I kind of see how it'd be popular. Mm-hmm. All right. So Drowned God's concept centers around this idea that human history has been manipulated mm-hmm. to cover up certain facts. I already the agree true, with it. Yeah. The true history, of, according to the game, is that aliens from the Orion area of space seeded humanity on Earth thousands of years ago and have since guided its development. Wow. An ancient, highly developed civilization was lost millennia ago in the Great Flood. The Library of Alexandria... Mm kind of kept a lot of what the game writer Harry Horse called, quote, forbidden knowledge Mm -hmm. before it was destroyed. Then the Knights Templar 
whose membership included like luminaries such as Leonardo da Vinci and Isaac Newton, preserved the information for centuries. Dude, this this the, sounds incredible. I mean, just wait, dude. In the 20th century, the Philadelphia experiment opened a gateway into another dimension. Also, first, believe that. First, freeing the aliens that Horse refers to as the Legion. And an independent government group spent the subsequent decades in contact with aliens following the Roswell incident. Man. Pretty dang rad. Dude, right? that is amazing. Wow. Um, Which, by the way, the talking about the Orion thing, I just followed that link that our buddy Dustin sent us. Mm-hmm. About the Gary Sudbrink thing, yeah, 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 uh, which we w- definitely will talk about. But like Doing the whole, a whole episode on it, yeah. Ryan thing, like crazy mm-hmm. synchronicities abound today. Yeah, dude. Okay, <clears throat> so while all that is extremely interesting, we're going to dive into that sort of piece by piece in just a second. Mm-hmm. But really, the first sort of interesting thing, the thing that sort of aside from me just being like, oh man, I remember this game, but I don't really remember what it was about. Here's the first. Here's the beginning, I guess, of the interesting pieces of this puzzle. It actually starts about 13 years previously. So Harry Horse, he releases, in 1983, he releases his first book, a book called Ogopogo, or My Journey with the Loch Ness Monster. Hmm. It ended up even receiving, like, the Scottish Arts Council's award for Writer of the Year. Hmm. So he's, like, now an up-and-coming kind of guy that kind of came out of nowhere and despite that though (laughs) to kind of make a little extra scratch monies Mm -hmm. on the side he starts like forging documents that same year and he comes up with this like phony manuscript that describes events after the destruction of the lost city of Atlantis the manuscript that's dated 1846 was said to have been written by the English poet Richard Horn. Now, for you listeners that are natural detectives, you'll notice that this poet named Richard Horn just so happens to share... Same name. Harry Horse's same exact name. Yeah. Hmm. By the way, the reason he went by horse in the first place Mm -hmm. um, was that I think at some point in school, someone like mispronounced his name, kind of like calling roll or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he just, and they said horse instead of horn. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of, you know, kept it as a working pseudonym. But anyway. I'm as better than whoer. He is. (laughs) So, um, which, which, uh, hold on, before you continue. So he's, he's, do you hear that? He's forging documents that, talking about like the city of atlantis so essentially he created this manuscript this ancient manuscript i say ancient this old manuscript from 1846 that describes all this stuff Mm -hmm. okay that we're going to kind of talk about in a second basically he meets this according to him in the early 80s he meets a guy named professor ian halpke okay who introduces him to this theory that human evolution might have been aided by extraterrestrials, essentially. Totally believe it. This professor allegedly explains to him that, like, information from the Kabbalah and ancient Jewish texts Mm -hmm. hide and encipher this secret that humans evolved, or at least their evolution is aided by extraterrestrial intelligence. Almost like like another, you know, Voynich manuscript. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Similar to that for sure. And if you're wondering 
what in the world are these guys talking about? You got to listen to our episode. Season 2, Episode 3, Books of Mystery, The Voynich Manuscript. All right. Also, according to Horse, Professor Hopke believed that the Ark of the Covenant was a nuclear device. Also believe that. So he creates this manuscript that is essentially a diary from this this poet Robert mm-hmm. Horn and starts just kind of like sharing it with the publishers that just, you know, made his book a success. Oh, boy. Initially, the manuscripts like believed to be genuine. I mean, people are like matching dates and times and, you know, things that happened during those dates and times um, that kind of coincide with some of the entries in this in this diary mm-hmm. you know there's predictions that and prophecies and all this kind of stuff that this poet makes that have now since come to pass and the experts that are kind of like looking at this manuscript are kind of like i mean this does look this seems this seems genuine he ends up kind of this edinburgh bookshop just kind of pounces on it and buys a, a copy mm-hmm. Well, his hoax is quickly uncovered because part of the manuscript has these, like, illustrations. Mm. These illustrations are done in his very, like, sort of signature style. Mm -hmm. And so people start to question it. They investigate it further. And essentially, he's just, like, kind of ostracized after this. Mm. So... Fast forward to 1995, Harry Horse is playing the video game, or the computer game, Mist, and thinks, yeah, and thinks, holy cow, I think this would be a perfect way to present this story, this idea. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's kind of like how he gets the idea to turn it into this computer game mm-hmm. and thus like that's how drowned god was initially sort of created man i mean i listening to that story i mean man i really wish that there was a way to like i wish he had written like the book for this mm-hmm. because like i mean what a cool sort of you know hodgepodge of like cool ideas to oh yeah you know. man well and like <clears throat> So he ends up like approaching this animator, this guy named Alistair Graham, mm-hmm. who started working on it together. They use another guy to kind of come up with some of the puzzles and stuff. I mean, if you really kind of break it down, if you take all the lore out of it, out of the game, mm-hmm. it really is like he he just used these these themes and put it into mist. mist yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, like in terms of plot and stuff. Drowned God really takes a lot of inspiration from the Kabbalah and tarot cards and um, the premise, again, that all of human history, everything from the Illuminati to Roswell and aliens is all based on the fact that there's a gigantic conspiracy and a cover-up that everything, including humanity and stuff, were created by these ancient aliens. I mean, dude, Mm. honestly, when you start thinking about it, it's like this game would be massive yeah. right now if it came out right oh yeah 100 percent. i mean it definitely especially like combining like you know uh like the thing they're called like legion and which is like a biblical demon you know basically and then combining like aliens and roswell and like 
you said, did you say the Ark of the Covenant was mm-hmm. in this? And like, it's not in the game. I don't think it was just part of what that alleged professor mm, that he met right. kind of inspired him or t- told him about. Yeah, yeah. So l- let me dive in a little bit to like the plot of the game, dude, because all that's super cool, but it gets like even just, I don't know, in terms of like world building and just, it's, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. So when you start as a player, you start in this like weird, strange, ornate chamber that contains this thing uh, called the Bequest Globe. Mm. And it's this device that you have recently inherited, but gifted to you by like this unknown benefactor. Mm. The globe essentially is this giant brass cylinder full of gears fronted by like a clock face made of like these sliding and rotating plates. So steampunk, basically. Yeah, kind of, yes. Comprised of this like 22 Roman numerals, which represent the major arcana, with the Kabbalistic Tree of Life in its center. Oh, then then it's a nod to uh, the Antikythera mechanism. It sounds familiar. But I'm telling you, dude, I remember playing this. And when my buddy presented it to me, he's like, dude, okay. It wasn't like, hey, this game's premise is da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. It was, hey, man, this dude found this ancient manuscript. He, he this is the game to try to solve the puzzle. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Dude, and I'm like, oh, man. Saying that, like, I had, you know how you talked before about, like, you saw something and it brought, like, this flood of memories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was this game, but as soon as you just said that, I feel like, I feel like I was at least sort of adjacent to this game maybe as a kid. I never played it, but, like, man, that sounds so familiar of, like, yeah. oh, there's actually this, like, knowledge. And, again, I don't know. At the time, I, you know, I would have had no idea about what you're talking about. But, like, there's, like, this knowledge and you have to, like, beat the game to actually get it. Like, like maybe yeah. kids at school were talking about it or, man, that sounds so it's familiar. that same kind of, like, youthful idea that that could be a reality. Right, right. Which but is a little bit more advanced. It's just, like. So intriguing. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We bought a copy of this game and we might be able to solve this mystery that yeah. everyone's wondering about i mean it's it's clearly like sort of a scam move but it's just as intriguing to me now as a 40 year old than it would be oh for sure to to me as a teenager yeah for sure it's awesome yeah so like when you're in this lobby dude it's so creepy and i'll try to see if i can find the audio Hmm. somewhere online so that we can put it here but does it look bad or is it um i mean it looks like an early 90s computer game but there's like parts of it dude that are so freaky man Like, okay, so this voice, like, rings out, and it says that, Welcome, my friends, to the Bequest Club. My gift to you. I have waited a long time for your return to this place. Go bravely on your journey, and use well your intuition and your wit. Many times have you lived before. Now step across the threshold and the boundaries of this locked door that separates this life from those before and go amid the realms behind. A word of warning, and then I go. Trust too deeply, and you know the wickedness in men's hearts. As above, so below. As above, so below. This is the secret of the Grand God. 
I, dude, I remember that part and just kind of being like, you know, I've talked about it in other episodes, like, is this one of those things I'm not supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And is this kind of like the Ouija board? Like, what am I doing? And and then something about it being like in a computer in that time in the 90s. Oh, yeah, totally. Being sort of like a portal into another world. It's kind of like the, it, the, uh, the ring. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, or what's that new show, dude? That um, oh yeah, um, which man? I didn't love it nearly as much as I thought. The project, yeah, eighty three. I think so. Something. Yeah, it's that, that same kind of vibe. You're right? getting it wrong, I know. So, okay, you enter your name into this device, mm-hmm. and then it displays a series of past lives that the player has lived. Mm. The name is then converted into its numerological equivalent. Wow. You are the great wave, the great shark, the seventh number. Above all the numbers, you are graced by the magic and fortune of the number seven. Your powers of thought and meditation, your gift of the second sight, and the natural psychic will are strong. Think, and the prize awaits you. So you're 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 kind of quested with discovering this secret, and then you have to go into this like there's these like two separate chambers. There's one above, and then one below this mm-hmm. central chamber where you're at. Accessing database. Last four incarnations found. Display. What were we? If our souls have lived before, we team as sand grains to our present shore. Yet all may be fine dust some great opening door. Seven times have you lived before. Each old life unlocks a door where none can follow. The chosen returns, the wheel now turns. 70, 60, 30 more to keep her crown of crowns. As above, so below, descend the spiral stair to Malkut, the Earth Gate. And one's like old fashioned, kind of like a Renaissance um, structure. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's kind of like a, almost like a modern boardroom. And that's where you meet these two emissaries, one named Keither and the other one Malkut, hmm. who represent different philosophies and outcomes. They kind of send you on this journey each separately. So in other words, if you choose to go to one, you're going to go on these different missions. If you choose to go to the other one, you're going to go on different missions. Choose your own adventure, baby. Yeah, kind of like choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. And on this journey, you like, you're supposed to like recover this, these historical like relics that can potentially unlock more about this drowned god Mm. mystery you go through this thing called listen to this now you go through this thing called the crypto wheel which is this like kabbalah invoking time machine and you go to like these mythological settings um and you go again you you within each of these realms that you end up going to you solve puzzles and and all that kind of stuff now honestly i don't remember the puzzles Mm -hmm. being like super cool or anything it's kind of like missed i don't remember the puzzles i remember like sometimes you'd be like now i'm supposed to hold the magnifying glass how oh yeah you know what i mean yeah 
Which the, that's kind of like that's kind of what I remember about. I mean, I remember Mist being really hard, yeah. and it had all those weird little like, oh, you're not holding something right, or you're not sort of mind numbing after a while. But yeah, but boy, we would do it for hours, wouldn't we? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> and like, especially in this in this sort of world, you know, you're like sprinkled with like these Mesoamerican religion mm-hmm. and Knights of the Round Table mixed in with extraterrestrials. I mean, that's amazing. Ancient ruins. Oh yeah, dude. Well, e- even and even like the the as above, so below is like the, I mean that gets into some Alistair Crow- Crowley stuff and H.P. Lovecraft, the cosmic horror mm. kind of thing. Like it's kind of doing it all. Yeah, no, and like the, there's like these portals. So you're going, you're like kind of going across time and space. You're trying to solve these mysteries. It's dark, man. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. Anytime you like come across like. These alien creatures, it's just super weird. The soundtrack is like, that'll use like normal sort of instruments and like weird synthesizers and stuff. And like, did did he do a lot of the the sound design and music? I don't think he scored it, no. Essentially, you kind of go through all these things to almost end up with like no answer to this mystery. It's very strange. And, And I kind of read about the ending and stuff, and I don't want to... You can actually go online and, and download a... Um, there are these... I forget what the website is. Like a little patch or something kind of thing where you can play it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. where you can play it. Um, I think it's called myabandonware.com. But you can download it there. But do you have to download like a VLC-type player kind of thing for it? or No, you have to... Da- no, you have to download a downloader. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like package. one of those things where I'm like, I don't trust it. So <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm not going to download it. I'm not going to put Snood on my computer and melt it like Dan used to do. On my- By the way, for you rare individuals that played Snood, maybe one of the best like games like that. But boy, every computer I put that game on, it would. I mean, it would immediately compromise any security you had. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe and worth dude, it. Though. The, mm, maybe no. not. Like I can't tell you how many computers just destroyed because. While we were on tour, Ann was like, oh, I'm just gonna, man, I like that game Snoo. Yeah. Downloaded it. I come back to you like, I don't know. And like, every time I turn it on, it doesn't work. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so like one of the, the I guess the, the dude that was in charge of producing the game said, uh, we were trying to really push the boundaries as much as we possibly could. What I thought was interesting now is that a number of things that were predicted have pretty much come true. And I think that we were talking about pulling together all these conspiracy theories. Even now, he said, it's very, very relevant. Hmm. He's like, every certain number of years, there's almost this like cycle of conspiracy theories and theorists. They're going to come back into, um, you know, the public eye kind mm-hmm. of thing. And he's just like, you know, we kind of wanted to capitalize on that and use that as sort of like the basis and the foundation of this of this game. I mean, this guy had to be an Art Bell fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said, like, the he said, to put it simply, like, the essence of Drowned God is a very simple idea. To buy into the game's deceit and to play the game as it's meant to be played, you simply have to embrace conspiracy. I mean... It's wild, right? Because, like, you know, I don't think... We haven't really talked about it in depth at all on the show. Mm-hmm. But this does kind of remind me of like a precursor to this, you know, the things that you talk about, the ARG. Yeah, augmented reality game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. It's just the CD-ROM version of it. Which is even like cooler. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, dude, this 
hearing this really makes, and again, like I don't have it in front of me, so I'm sure a little bit of the mystique probably wears off a little when you see it and you're like, oh, well, this was just a, a direct ripoff of, uh, you know, of mist or whatever. But like, uh, like I did this comic a while back that was for General Mills and like, again, back in like 1992 or three or something, they basically put out this game that w- would come in cereal boxes in boxes of checks called, uh, and the game was called Checks Quest. And they had a bunch of guys from the makers of like Doom and like, you know, that kind of thing. So it was literally the same game. It was literally Doom, but you had like the Flemoids and the Checks Quest guy and like all this other stuff. And like, but it's funny because it was only available for such a short time, but it gained this like cult following that, you know, they've been begging to re-release and they just released it like, what was it last year that I did that? They put out like an anthology and re-released it. Uh, you could play it online and like all these new voiceovers from like uh, several of the dudes that are voices for like the Ninja Turtle cartoon and, you know, kind of like a big deal. But it's like that idea is the reason I even agreed to do it to begin with was just the idea that like, oh, well, this obscure CD-ROM game mm-hmm. that came out for like, I don't know, maybe a month, but had this super underground cult following of of fans like – that's just so cool to me, especially yeah, for that man. era, that that time, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's so nostalgic and so cool. Yeah, man. I mean, it goes back to the fact that like back then, you know, it wasn't so easy to just play random games mm-hmm. all the time or just like drive down and buy a game from, you know, wherever. It was like, dude, you, you know, you finally get the CD-ROM mm-hmm. in and it comes in this gigantic box. You have to beg your parents to get it, you know. The the price point is probably like around like I don't even remember man like thirty to fifty bucks right I mean yeah our, it, like and you have to go to like the computer store yeah right right I, it's not like they don't have those at Blockbuster like I remember buying the the very actually I think it was I don't even think it was the first uh, Warcraft I think it was Warcraft two mm. and it was like such a big deal because I went in and like bought it new because kind of like what you're saying like we didn't we just didn't have all these options of games. I mean, dude, I would have stacks of these, like, demo disc mm-hmm. games that would be the dumbest games, but we would just play. Oh, so stupid. We were just yeah. ravenous to, like, play new games, you know? And, you know, they'd be in, like, issues of, like, Game Pro Magazine and, mm-hmm. and you know, that kind of thing. But, like, that was a big deal for me, going in the store and buying an official, like, new version of, of Warcraft 2. But do you remember the just how much of a pain in the ass it was to install these things. Oh, yeah, man. You had to have, like... It was a nightmare. First, you have to put in the first disc. And then and then keep in mind, by the way, like, it's not like we have our own, at this point in our lives, we don't have, we don't have our own computer. Right. This is, like, either the family's computer... Yeah, exactly. ...or worse, dad's computer, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, yes, it was a pain in the butt to install because there was, like, three installation discs. Yeah. And then it's, like, you get to the fourth one, it's, like, not enough memory to proceed. Oh, God, You're, like, oh, come on. That, and then you might have like some like friends that are like super computer savvy mm-hmm. who learn how to bypass like any of the early, especially in the early nineties, it's much easier to kind of like pirate the game mm-hmm. and then not have to have like some kind of code to type in, or it was like harder for them to, I guess, track using that code multiple times or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I would have these discs of like pirated games. Oh yeah, that would like 
also mess up yeah. my dad's computer. You know, like that kind of thing was just, well, ugh, and it was the worst. The thing that really sucked is like I would have these pirated games that would be like, you know, spread out over the course of like 10 different floppy disks. So it was like, mm-hmm. it, it was just a nightmare. And then then it would like send you over to like the MS-DOS mode where then you had to put in like mm. basically codes, you know, for yeah. kids these days. Different but, commands. Or commands, stuff. yeah. And God, it was it was such a nightmare. Did I remember one time I learned from one of my, the same guy that owned this game, he taught me how to like make these like, patches in MS-DOS mm-hmm. where I could like make the screen change color right, yep. just like constantly. Yep. And so one time as like a joke, I made one that was just like red, green, purple, blue, red, green, and just like on a cycle forever until I like an endless loop essentially until you like hit, I don't know, like I, I think you could program it to where it wasn't going to be like space bar or enter. Mm-hmm. It had to be like a certain key. Mm-hmm. And I just left it on my dad's computer until he got home and he was like, who messed up the computer? You know, and I'm like, just press the four button. <laughs> Anyways, dumb story, but... You just uh, hear him smashing it upstairs. Yeah, just like smashing the keyboard. No, there were uh, there were a couple of these games around that time period that were huge for me, man. Um, you know, we kind of talked about Dune and Diablo. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I say that time period, I'm looking at like a five to seven year maybe even 10-year kind of time. Right, right. Or late 80s. I think the original Wolfenstein was, oh, dude. that was a big deal for me too. Man, huge, dude. Yeah. Speaking of hours of gameplay, Wolfenstein. I'll just stand up Doom. all night. Just Yeah, dude. Yeah. Now, Doom, I won't lie, man. Like, it kind of freaked me out sometimes. Like, the monster's like, oh, God, mm-hmm. you know. I remember, like, uh, my cousin's aunt, I guess, you know, through marriage or whatever, she was like real computer savvy. And I, I think she was like the first one who showed us Wolfenstein. I feel like there was something around it. Like, or maybe it was just what she told us, but like it wasn't out yet or something. Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she had a copy and we had never seen anything like that. I mean, this is like, like what am, what is this? Cause you didn't really have, I mean, you have like dungeon crawl games that were similar, but like nothing moved yeah. this fast. Like, right, right. You know, it wasn't as, "Quote unquote smooth." It's funny to call it smooth now. Yeah, but, exactly. But I remember yeah. like seeing the little, the little guy's head at the bottom, and like you would see his face like get beat up as, oh, yes. as you'd start losing hit points. And I remember we thought that was like just the most incredible thing we'd ever mm-hmm. seen. Oh, dude, for sure, man. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, it was either like those really slow dungeon crawls, mm-hmm. even point and click stuff like what we're talking about now, or it was like that. Um, not pain and skin, what's it called? Whenever you're like, like side, you know, like side Mario, scroller, side scrollers, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I mean, we had my brother and I had this, um, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade game that was kind of like that side scroll kind of type thing. Mm-hmm. And then, dude, do you remember Laser, Laser Suit? Oh, Laser Suit Larry, Laser Suit Heck Larry, yeah, yeah, dude. That was that game. Like, did anything naughty ever actually happen? Well, in it? no, right? It's funny that you just brought that up because, again, I, these are things that I haven't thought of in like at least 25 years. Yeah. I remember that game. Uh, my buddy, I would go to my dad's house every other weekend, and I had this friend, a kid named Franklin. And his dad had, had died early, uh, earlier on, and so it was like him and his mom, and she was like, you know, I mean, she was probably doing the best she could, but she was like the cool mom, and she would let him do stuff that definitely was not appropriate for his age. And he was the one who told me about Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry, and he somehow he got a copy of it 
And yeah, I think you're right. I think we ended up playing for hours and nothing ever like happened. Like you, or maybe like it did, every, but it was like blurred out. Maybe or something. Dude. It's like you're, you're, you're like at the age where you're like. Okay, man, this is it. Oh, it was so <laughs> naughty. You're getting excited about like a cartoonish, like sort of like nudity. And you're oh, like, yeah. oh, man, here we go. Here we go. Oh, dude, I, re- then, I remember the um, the first time that I saw Vampire Hunter D, the anime, and mm-hmm. there's like a scene where it like shows the girl's boobs, and it was like, what? It was just because you'd, I mean, you know, of course, all American or or Western card animation, like you're never, you're not going to see somebody, you know, you're not going to see nudity. So yeah, Boy. gone are those days. Well, now we got to worry about a lot of other stuff. Oh, way okay. worse. Yeah. I do remember like at school, we had a couple teachers that would always get into, uh, remember those, like they were like the, like your like civilization games. Mm, yeah. Civilization or of course, SimCity. Age of Empires, I think. Is that right? Mm. It sounds familiar. There was one that was like a Civil War. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like strategy game. Yeah, I mean, they were all cool. sort of that same strategy. But I think the, the Civilization one, it was like a really big game. I remember mm-hmm. I could never play it because I didn't have like a big enough computer. But it basically would start you out as like a caveman and mm-hmm. you would work through history, which is pretty cool. I mean. Yeah, it was really cool. We we had that game. Now, did your did your butler like mine for gold during the day while you were at school? And like grind to get Cutting all the out. iron Cutting ore out. and stuff. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Drowned God was published by this company called Inscape, which kind of sounded familiar to me, but it didn't really. They didn't really make much else. Yeah. Uh, they, I think they had like a couple of games, but dude, back in the nineties, dude, the publishing company uh, was Blizzard. Bliz- oh, that's Warcraft. I mean, yeah, yeah. Dude, Warcraft. Oh well. Duh. We were just talking about Diablo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is Blizzard. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starcraft. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, I mean, this again, like, this is the reason I wanted to talk about this game was a, a few things. One, in hopes that, like, there are some fellow early 90s computer game dorks like us that may have played this game mm-hmm. and, like, may have gotten to the end and, and that kind of thing. I never did. We would always kind of just, like, stay up really late. It's funny, you know, you talked a little bit about like maybe if you went back and looked at it, it would seem kind of like, oh, this is a just a ripoff of Mist. It's really not like that aesthetically, man. Hmm. It's very dark, very like spooky in certain areas. I, I remember. download it, man. Is that? Yeah, no, man. I, I mean, there's got to be, I bet there's like a YouTube like playthrough. Like you know, there's like thing, videos. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, hopefully there is one so that you can kind of see it because it is, there's moments when you're like, just imagine being like a, 15 year old mm-hmm. and being like uh man this is creepy at the same time and kind of thinking that there is some legitimate legitimacy to this legend that surrounds it you know mm-hmm. which man i really do that that's my favorite part about it not necessarily the the i guess the the substance of of what the legend is although that's extremely intriguing as well it's just like any sort of like weird conspiracy mm. slash mystery that the user as a video game, you know, player, you would believe that it is like true or something. It's just fascinating to me, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember also like, I think I had a buddy who like claimed to have like a disc that had some sort of government information or whatever mm-hmm. on it. And like, I remember him showing it to me and 
there was some like sort of weird, you know, sort of uh, official jargon, you know, text or whatever. Uh, and it can, it was like, it, it would say that it's like encrypted and, you know, this would have been like early, I mean, maybe sixth grade or no, not sixth grade. Is this like around the time that like everybody had a copy of like the anarchist cookbook on a, yeah, it's, it's, a it's definitely three and a half. Yeah. It's that era for sure. But I remember like there was, there was like, to your point about, um, you know, this idea that like we were you know, this exclusive like group figuring out like this knowledge or, or being able to do it. It was, it's sort of, uh, you know, especially at the time this was like, I mean, yeah, it was during the internet, but the internet was still in its infancy for sure. And like you, you know, you're anything like, um, for example, like Roswell, like we knew about Roswell because of Stanton Friedman, who was a boots on the ground researcher who, literally went to Roswell, New Mexico to ask people in the area and, uh, you know, you know, sons and daughters of, of people that were in, in the military around that time and, and what they saw and stuff. And so this was the first time that like, um, suddenly that idea that like, oh, I could sort of be a researcher and I could uncover these like clues without having mm-hmm. to like, you know, and we're kids. It's not like we can hop on a plane to Roswell and <laughs> right. Or right, even right. like, you know, go to the library and look through microfiche and stuff. It's like suddenly we kind of had that feeling of like, oh man, we can, we can like discover these, like these things, you know, like through the internet, mm-hmm. through computers and stuff. And I think that's really cool. I mean, I, I don't know of any other generation that, uh, you know, will kind of have that same feeling, but I think our listeners, uh, are, you know, we're probably all in the same boat. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't, do you want me to talk about like the, the tragedy this guy man? Well, so I know that we probably need to kind of keep it uh, keep it light and lively a little bit. But when you first tr- told me this game, it vaguely sounded familiar, and my immediate response was, "Oh, is this is this the game that had like wasn't there some like really crazy like weird stuff surrounding the maker of the game? Like, didn't he go crazy or something like that?" And that was kind of all I knew. So yeah, let's let's kind of get into it if we can. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk a little bit about this this guy's sort of tragic uh, demise or whatever. But if you are a younger listener or if you're a parent and have a younger listener with you, this would be a good time to sort of just you know tune out mm-hmm. uh, or you know fast forward um, or you know check out another one of our episodes because it is going to potentially get a little bit on the darker side here. Yeah. So basically, unfortunately, this guy kind of ended up in a tragic downfall. And what I mean by that is he is just another one of those sort of like potentially like mentally tortured artists, man. He had a lot going on in his life. His wife ended up getting multiple sclerosis Mm -hmm. and eventually like it was going downhill so much that, you know, she was terminal and... You know, initially what was kind of in the press when they were found dead, it was kind of told to the press that, you know, it was a part of a mur- like a suicide pact that they had made. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a lot more grisly than that and questionably maybe a murder-suicide instead. And it's just a really sort of sad and tragic end to someone that, uh, you know, that... I guess had a brilliant enough mind to create something like this. 
that oh, we're yeah. still talking about now, you know, mm-hmm. many, many years later. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if uh, you know, if you folks want to look into it a little more, I mean, like what he said, I mean, it gets pretty grisly. But if you're into especially the true crime fans, you know, there is a lot of sort of speculation on the sort of the mystery surrounding it. And again, like once you look into the cause and like what actually went down, you know, that would end the lives of uh, Harry Horse and his his significant other. You know, it, it, there's there's it's it's mysterious. It's weird. Um, and I think only sort of, you know, it, it only kind of highlights just the weirdness of the whole thing. I mean, the game yeah. with it being so cryptic and, and dark and kind of mysterious. And then, you know, the way he would meet his end uh, mm-hmm. is equally, if not just as interesting as, as the game itself. So, you know, for our younger listeners, we'll leave it at that. But for our older listeners, if you want to go look into it, go for it. It's... Uh, but it's pretty grisly. Mm-hmm. All right, kind of getting back onto the, the lighter side of things, man. I, you know, I gotta I gotta say, man, it was fun for me to kind of like, oh yeah, dude, revisit that feeling that this game created, and then just kind of revisiting that time period in mm-hmm. our lives, man. When, like we talked about, like computer games were like this, this well, almost like a portal into another world where we can kind of like, and the same is true now with video games. I mean, come on, any kind of entertainment. That's what it does, right? It kind of like transports you in a way. If you're reading a book, you know, and you like reading, it kind of transports you into another world, into the world of your imagination mm-hmm. as you picture these characters doing the things that the the writer is describing. It's the same reason why we play Dungeons and Dragons oh, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, whatever it is watching a movie, you know, you get to kind of remove yourself from reality, so to speak, and, and dive into a world that's... Um, that's fictional. And whenever that fictional world has some roots tied into, you know, mysterious subjects or conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. gosh, I mean, that just makes it all the more oh, yeah, interesting, you know? And, yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, even, you know, even take out, I mean, I feel like we're, <laughs> we throw shade a lot to these, like, oh, everything was better back then. But, you know, I mean, I don't play a lot of games now. I'm a huge video game fan. I love it. I, I I just, I don't get to play, but like, you know, I was obsessed with like Skyrim and, and before that I was a huge Final Fantasy guy all those years. But I mean, yeah, they're, they're still making really cool stuff and there's always those like little hidden parts in games or, um, you know, little secrets you can sort of stumble upon. Like I, mm-hmm. even as grown men, I don't think that'll ever lose its its mystique and 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 not be interesting it's always cool you know oh for sure man discovering any kind of easter eggs in yeah in anything right. you know? yeah absolutely well uh well cool man well i uh i feel pretty good about it i i think we should definitely maybe take you know some trips down the rabbit trail uh a little more because this was this was super fun and and really kind of like opened up a lot of memories that I had totally forgotten about. Yeah, man. Well, cool, dude. Well, folks, if you want to support us, you can go check us out over on Instagram. You know, jump in the comments sections. Tell us about, like, old games you used to be into in the 90s or, or I mean, heck, anything secret or, like, you know, Easter eggs in this game or, you know, something weird over here. Maybe something we haven't heard about. 
we'd love to hear about it. You know, feel free to jump in the comments or send us DMs. Again, we always ask about, you know, for folks to send in their stories, their local urban legends or, or uh, you know, ghost stories or cryptids or, or whatever. We're, we're fascinated with that and we love the like anthropology of it all and, and collecting these stories. It's, there's probably nothing that we love more, you know, than that. So if you do have one of those, feel free to shoot us a voice memo or write it out in a giant essay form, if you will, and uh, shoot it over to thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com. You can buy us a coffee, buy some merch. There's going to be new merch coming out soon for the uh, second annual Camp Rad Strangeness 2022. Really looking forward to it. And uh, I think that's about it. What do you got? Anything else? Mm, I think that's it, man. All right. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it
Oh, my God. Hold on, dude. Can I land there, Mecca? What? Get into it. Just talk about it. Oh, man. I did the worst thing ever last night. It breaks my heart. The worst what? Worst thing ever. You sharded again. No. Again. Okay. <clears throat> so when anybody uses our Apple remote mm-hmm. on our for our Apple TV downstairs on our main TV, mm-hmm. uh, somehow, I don't know if it's because I have like the remote app on my phone or whatever, it gives me like this like alert and I can like actually type into it. I think I told you that like one time Woodrow was like in the other room we were getting ready for like church or something. He was watching TV and it popped in my phone. I knew he was there searching for something. So I just typed in, hello, Woodrow. And then it was just like dead silence out in the living room. And he's just like, hey, dad. And then I told him, mom, just kidding around. Well, last night, dude. Oh, no. Oh, God, it's so sad. Jane was like trying to search for something on uh, on the Apple TV. And so I started typing. I'm like, he thought, hey, let Jane. me do the same trick. Like, yeah, and I was like, hello, Jane. She's like, huh? And she's like, hi. And anyways, dude, she goes into this friendly conversation with this thing. It was super adorable. She would like ask the TV questions. Since it's me, I know the answers. And she's just like, oh, I can't believe it. Finally, dude, she was getting so excited that it was kind of like, uh-oh. Oh, no, yeah. Like, this, what do I do? Yeah. So I was, I try to like get out of it like, well, I can't always come to visit, but, and then I'm like, well, is this weird? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is, is she going to like chat with some weirdo online? Yeah, because that's, she, you know that was saying? my first so, thought, yeah. So then I was like, finally, like towards the end, she said something, I was like, I, I've got to go. And she's like, why? And I said, because my mom says it's a dinner time. She's like, well, are you going to come back to me? I was like, oh, oh God. So, like, I type in, I said, actually, I'm really your dad. And then she, like, look, looks at the TV weird, and she's like, wait, what? (laughs) And then she, like, looks over at me, and she's like, wait a minute. She's like, are you? And at first she seemed, like, laughing about it. Oh, no. And then this, like, wave of, like, (laughs) she was like, that was you the whole time? And, dude, she broke down she's like i wanted it to be real oh my god you ruined it oh it was just the worst man killed it it broke my heart yeah way to go parenting blue ribbon yeah man that sucks 